Uh, We're going to be reading from the Gospel of Luke, uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke is in the New Testament, so if you are looking in the contents page, uh, you'll find it in the New Testament. And if you're using one of these helpful large print Bibles from the foyer, it's on page 1018. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8, reading through to verse 20. This is God's word. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, That will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Thank you, Rosalind. Good morning, everyone. It's good to be with you this morning. I think um, everyone here is probably going to be owed a Fredo Frog by uh, Bruce Dodd, because you can see the shirt. That's what's really different about me, right? Hmm, wonder if that was enough. So Bruce is really up for a lot of Freddos here today. Um, I just wanted to ask you this question. What makes you feel welcome? At a job interview, the panel looks over your CV and then they ask you numerous questions. You're being poked and prodded to determine your suitability for whatever job you're applying for. It's stressful, and it's not particularly welcoming. It's only when you get the job that you feel welcomed. Now, what about if you visit someone's home, and when you walked in, as soon as you walked in, They said that you can only sit on the furniture that's covered by plastic. And you can only walk in places where there's plastic covering the carpet, never on the bare carpet itself. You wouldn't feel welcome at all, would you? You see, you know that you are welcome when you understand that you belong. You know that you are welcomed when you are told, make yourselves at home. Listen then this morning to God's welcome given by the mighty angels. Look at verses 11 to 14 of your passage. Have your eyes on these verses. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. 
And this will be a sign for you. A baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a mighty multitude of the heavenly host praising God. Saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So if this is your first time in church or maybe the first time in a long time, welcome. I hope that we don't do what you expect. I hope that we break all expectations of making you feel welcomed. We will tell you today about the Savior who did not come to impress you, but he came to welcome you. His birth was unique, but the circumstances of his birth were quite unimpressive. The announcement that he gave was glorious. The angels gave this glorious announcement, but the recipients were very lowly shepherds. Glorious praise to God, but it's the angels declaration that invites us to come and see this child. Now, if you're at church, each time the doors are open, welcome to you as well. It's great to have you here. Likely, you already know the Savior. Likely, you're already one of his followers. But the reminder is still fitting, right? Our Savior came in humble circumstances to welcome the lowliest, to glorify God, and to grant peace to those who will take refuge in him. So it is the birth of Jesus that invites us for three things. First, he arrives in humble circumstances. Second, his birth was announced to the lowly. And third, God is glorified and he is the one who grants us peace. So let's look at that first point, that he arrived in humble circumstances. Now, Luke gives the astounding news in chapter 2, verse 11 of our passage. The child being born is Christ the Lord. So his identity is unique. He is Christ. He's the anointed one, the king. But Lord is also one who commands, and here he is arriving as a little baby. So Jesus Christ, the Lord, is the ruler. He's the anointed king over all. But his arrival is unimpressive. And it's humble. He's not guarded in a palace. But he's placed in a manger. So the purpose of a manger, many of you know, if you've been a Christian for a long time, you've heard this. The purpose of a manger is a feeding trough. A feeding trough for livestock. You put oats in there, you put hay in there, you put grains of all sorts, but you don't put babies in a manger unless you're in very humble circumstances, desperate to find a place to rest your newborn. Mary and Joseph were in humble circumstances. They had no place to go. They had nowhere to place this perfect baby Jesus. 
They swaddled him like any good parent would, but then they could only rest him in a feeding trough, in a manger. Now, for new parents, and I know we prayed for many here who are new parents, new parents, they have a common priority for every child born. Protect the child at all costs, right? Protect the child from anything. You sterilize the dummies. You regularly change the nappies and uh, in any soiled clothes, you know, immediately you change it. You have to have about a 10 outfits in your backpack, you know, ready to go at any moment. And most of all, you want a quiet place for them to sleep, right? A quiet place. That's baby care 101, especially for the sleep part. So... I'm not sure if you've ever been in a barn before. Maybe you don't know this, but um, Shelley and I lived for about four years on the corner of a dairy farm uh, in Lancaster County where they were milking about 400 head of cattle, uh, cow, cows, and uh, lots of noise in this barn, lots of smells in this barn, lots of cows making interesting noises in this barn. Barns are not quiet places. Barns are not sterile Barns are smelly. So you contrast that, Christ the Lord being born, contrast that with the place of his birth. Such a difference. God did not secure his son in a palace with soldiers guarding him 24-7 for security. He did not give Jesus to parents that had means, that had lots of money to look after the baby. God didn't command or ordain a specific special place, great conditions for his son's birth. Jesus did not come to be comfortable, but for humans to know God's humble welcome. God's humble welcome, again, is seen in the second point that we're going to look at. Because it's who he tells first that's really important. Some of the first people he talks to and tells about this birth. This birth is announced to the lowly. Contrast that amazingly powerful angel. Powerful angel. Lowly shepherd. The angel's appearance and the glory of God. The glory of the appearance of these angels had terrified the shepherds. And then the angel says to them in verse 10 of the passage, look at what it says. Fear not, I bring good news of great joy. God didn't hype the son's appearance on Facebook or social media or get all the PR and the press people involved. No. Instead, he tells a group of shepherds out in a field in the middle of the night. Now, shepherds are not the top of society. They are regularly those who are lowly. They work in isolated areas looking after the well-being of sheep. It's important work, but the work that they do is looking after livestock who are meant for food 
or sacrifices. On the society's rung of ladder of importance, shepherd's job is more like guarding the pantry than the treasury. You see, it's really important work, but it's lowly work. And so here it is, God arranged for lowly shepherds to be among the first to receive the good news of Jesus' birth. He invites them. He welcomed them to come and see this newborn king. God arranged his son's birth so that the lowly shepherds would be among the first to feel welcome to go and meet Jesus. In a few minutes, we're going to sing a song to close the service, the song Joy to the World. I think it's one of Craig's favorite songs. In the third verse... We'll sing, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. See, Jesus' arrival, it signaled the end of the curse. Not the completion of the end of the curse, but it signaled the end of the curse. And it opened God's fount of blessing to all peoples. And the fourth verse, the fourth verse of that hymn tells us how it's going to happen. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. See his glorious rule of truth and grace is what grants his righteousness and the wondrous love that he has for his people. He grants it to those to whom he is pleased. So with Jesus' arrival and with Jesus' rule, what we see in the third point is that God is glorified and he grants peace. So just after Jesus' birth, so look at verse 14, It records a huge heavenly choir praising God with this song. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, heaven broke in at that point. So it was one angel and then it's suddenly a multitude of angels and heavenly hosts praising God, amplifying this good news. Jesus' birth brings Praise and glory to God and peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, the story across all of the Bible is that all humanity from Adam and Eve through the Old Testament and through the New Testament, even down to us today, all humanity sins and rebels against God. God commands. But. People, you and I, disobey. There is no peace. Our sin is rebellion. Our sin is a declaration of war against our God, our creator. Now, when a child disobeys their parents' instruction, they they break peace with their mom and dad. How much more, then, does our sin Break peace with the God who created us. 
There's a disruption in the relationship. So similarly, Adam and Eve, they broke peace with God in the garden. However, God's plan was to send Jesus. That he would send Jesus to grant peace. That demonstrates a God who again is great at offering at opening a welcome to people like you and me. Now, sometimes people read verse 14 and they think it promises that Jesus' arrival means peace for everyone all over the world. But that's not what it says. The peace is for those with whom he is pleased. That's what the scriptures say. So the question is, how then can God be pleased to welcome rebels? To go back to our earlier just illustration, you know, to welcome people into his home who are marking up the furniture and scribbling all over the walls and doing all these evil things. How could God welcome us into his presence? Well, the simple answer is he cannot. He cannot abide sin. So how can Jesus' arrival bring any glory to God and any peace to humans? Well, it's only because of this, because Jesus' arrival and his perfectly obedient life, he never sinned. And his sacrificial death, taking the place of his people's, All the peoples of the world who will put their faith in him. He took their place and he took God's wrath against their sin. Jesus' life and Jesus' death justly pays for all our offenses against God. See, as a rebel, I have no way to pay God back. As someone who's declared war on God, I'm offensive to him. So I need someone else to take my place and to pay that debt. You do as well. All those who enter God's welcome by faith in Jesus Christ alone, they are the ones On whom God's favor rests. With whom he is pleased. Because they have their sins paid for by the son of God. See this brings peace to humans. Taking refuge in the son of God. And it also brings God all glory. Because he did everything to purchase that welcome for us. Matthew Henry, he's a 17th century scholar. And he said the following, if God be at peace with us, then all peace results from it. In other words, he's saying that's the key. When we have peace with God, everything else flows from that peace that we have with God. Peace of conscience, he goes on to say. Peace with angels. Peace between Jew and Gentile. In other words, people that would normally be at war with each other. Have peace because of the peace they have with God. Matthew Henry goes on to say, peace is here put for all good. 
all that good which flows to us from the incarnation, from the birth of Jesus, all the good we have or hope to have is owing to God's goodwill, God's merciful welcome. And if we have the comfort of it, then he must have the glory of it. All glory to our king. See, it is God who welcomes. It is God who reconciles sinners into a relationship with him. He created humans because he is a welcoming God. Even after centuries and millennia of interactions with humans who turned their back on God over and over and over again, God still determined to bring peace. He sent his son born of a virgin, into humble circumstances. And by this, humanity knows that God mercifully welcomes sinners, you and me, to repent and to know the peace and the joy that we were created for. See, our King Jesus, Christ Jesus the Lord, he was born. And when the shepherds were told about his birth, look at what it says in verse 15. Really crucial. They went to see this thing that had happened, which the Lord had made known to them. That's really important. They didn't just stay in the field. They didn't just stay silent. They didn't just ignore the birth of Jesus. When the angel extended this astounding welcome to these lowly men, they went to see Jesus. How astounded are you by this God who is welcoming you, inviting you to come and see Jesus? Can I tell you, if you have never heard this before, investigate Jesus, investigate this welcome. Please come and check it out. Be like the shepherds. You've heard the announcement. Welcome. See, the word tells us Jesus Christ is Lord. And so you should accept this welcome, this invitation to know peace with him forever. Now, for those of you who have accepted the welcome. This welcome of peace with God from the Lord, the king of the universe himself. You're one of his disciples. And so what do you do? Do what the shepherds did. Rejoice. That's what he says in verse 20. They rejoiced. They gave praise to God. Be like the shepherd, though. Also, share this announcement with others. Look at what it says in verse 18, 17 and 18. They made known. Now, notice this. Several times he says this. They made known the saying that had been told them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. In other words, they heard it and they passed it on. And then they returned to everyday life, but return to everyday life changed. Because again, look what it says in verse 20. They glorified God. They praised God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Simply put, don't sit on the news of this great announcement, the news of Jesus' birth. 
the good news that brings peace to those who will embrace it. Are you astounded by God's welcome? I hope so. I pray so. So then share it with others and give praise and glory to Christ Jesus, our Lord, every single day of your life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are indeed so grateful. Your kindness, your love, the joy and the peace that you give us, accomplished by Jesus Christ. Witnessed by the Holy Spirit who indwells us, who lives with us, who abides with us. Lord, thank you for welcoming many here who know you, all here who know you. You have welcomed us. Thank you. Lord, for any here who don't know you yet, please help them to see. Give them eyes and ears to hear this invitation and to see Christ and to be curious and to be given faith so that they might believe and know peace and joy with you forever. Lord, we ask this in your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.